The Hen That Feeds You is an audio drama podcast that follows a linear storyline. That means if today is your first time joining us, first of all, hi, welcome, how you doing? Secondly, make sure that you start with episode one and listen to each episode in order, or you just might miss something really important. Please be advised, this podcast may contain explicit language, adult situations, including sexual situations and elements of horror, as well as other content that may make some uncomfortable. Listener discretion is advised. And now, without further ado, let's jump in to the hand that feeds you. Hey there. Happy Halloween. Oh my gosh. First of all, on a personal note, I wanted to say thank you. It is so cool seeing how many people are listening to this podcast all over the world. Thank you so, so much. Secondly, because today is Halloween, I wanted to do something special for the podcast and release a couple episodes. And these are both longer episodes. Now, I do have to give a disclaimer. Um, I've been very busy lately, and I do have all of the audio recorded for these chapters, but it takes a long time to record even one episode. A normal episode is about 15 to 20 minutes, and that can take eight or nine hours of editing. It's very tedious and very time consuming. I love it, but it's time consuming. And I haven't had the chance to end time for Halloween like I wanted to. However, about two years ago, when I first started dabbling with recording chapters of the story that I've written, I took some audio samples and started trying to mix them, and it's not great. (laughs) Definitely not to the level I want for this podcast, but I do have those finished. So like I said, they're a couple years old, the audio's not great, it's kind of all over the place, levels are off, there's some clipping on the high ends, but it's something that I will put out today just because I want to release it for Halloween. 
So I hope you do enjoy it. Just know if you are a, an active listener of the podcast, I will take the time to actually master the audio clips that I've you know just recorded over the last couple weeks. And I will re-release these episodes in a polished edit in the very near future. So this is just temporary, just to celebrate the day and the spooky season that is upon us. So I hope you enjoy them. I hope you enjoy your day. Um, dress up eat lots of candy, go out trick-or-treating if you do that. I will definitely be eating lots and lots of candy. So anyway, thanks again, and here's the uh, archived episodes. The room was round. There was a flagstone floor and fieldstone walls. Floating timbered beams stretched across the lonely expanse overhead. A fire roared within the carved stone fireplace that took up nearly the entire wall against which it sat. Both the firebox and the hearth were painted with a smattering of soot. Across the room, a great glass window served as a reminder of the outside world. Everything looked small from up here. Whoever dwelt in this room wasn't a prisoner, but everything served to remind them that they didn't belong. The furnishings were just as cold and unwelcoming as the chamber. A small bed tucked itself in the corner, positioned for a clear view of the door across the room. In the center of the room, atop an heirloom Persian rug, a splintering table sat next to a dusty velvet chair. In this chair, there was a woman. If anyone could look as though they belonged to this room, she did. Her pale skin was not white, but rather, it seemed to have no color at all. Likewise, there was no color on her lips. In fact, the only color upon her face could be found in her deep chestnut eyes, which were wrapped in an envelope of thick black lashes and sealed with a pair of strong mahogany eyelids. Nearly everything about her seemed devoid of color. Her midnight hair was drawn into a bun on the back of her head. It was pulled so tightly that she could feel it sliding back and forth each time she blinked her eyes. She wore a long black dress which flowed from the floor to a high collar and was cinched at her neck. Her head seemed as if it were perching or merely floating above her body. She was reading from an old book. The book was unfitting for this room, unfitting for this woman. Its cover was thick and garishly lavish. The portrait of a king was proudly displayed at the center, and he was surrounded by small rubies and pearls, emeralds and amber. Her long, bony fingers turned the yellow page. The script was an ancient Romanian dialect. This she read aloud. The girl was blonde. She was a pretty thing, wrapped in billows of pale pink chiffon. Her golden ringlets, which were loosely tucked into a pink ribbon, tossed about like ocean waves as she moved her head. If the woman in black thought she didn't belong here, this child definitely did not belong here. She stood on her tiptoes to spy on the scene below. The great green lawn seemed to glow when it was touched by the warm sunbeams that peeked through the delicate folds of sullen clouds. This wasn't what she was watching, though. It was the swarm of people. The busy worker bees. Dozens of servants dressed in white from head to toe were setting up for a lavish party. At the center of them was the lady of the house. Her arms were sweeping this way and that telling the servants where to put the gifts and how to arrange the flowers. Everything had to be perfectly so. Everything. 
The girl could almost hear her barking at them from the lonely tower. And what happened next? The girl was still gazing out the window. Would you like to see it? The woman's Wallachian accent was brute and strong. She patted her vacant knee, beckoning the girl to come join her. The girl nestled into a comfortable position as the woman drew an arm around her and gently stroked her sunny hair. The king invited all of the men to a grand party. Like today? The girl asked. Yes. I suppose it must have been something like that. The woman said softly. Was it a birthday party? No, my dear. She chuckled. This was very different than a birthday party. Another page turned, revealing a vibrant watercolor. It showed a medieval castle engulfed in flames. There was a fire? Yes. After everyone had eaten, the king ordered the castle doors to be locked. Then he set the castle on fire. What happened to the people? Did they die? Yes. Why? Why would the king do that? There wasn't a hint of trepidation in the girl's question. Rather, it was filled with insatiable curiosity. The men were a threat to the kingdom. The king did this because the men were standing between him and his people. So, he killed them. This wasn't a question. The girl was merely vocalizing what she was internally rationalizing. Sometimes, we must do unpleasant things in order to do great things, the woman whispered gently. The door flew open and crashed against the wall. The lady of the house came sweeping into the room. There was a stern expression on her face and her cheeks were flushed with anger. As she stood there, she shined like a beacon in stark contrast to the dreadful space in which she stood. Her dress was made of dazzling spun silk and varied shades of green and blue. To the girl, she looked like a peacock, even more so due to the lush feathers sprouting from her Gibson hair. Isabella, I have been looking all over for you. What are you doing up here? She threw out a hand for the girl to come. We were just reading, Mama. Though the girl called her mother, she felt nothing towards her. I told you not to read this blasphemous garbage to her. The mother grabbed the book and threw it into the fire. No! The woman sprang to her feet. They're just stories, cried the girl. They are not just stories. They're dangerous, the mother protested. You're right. They're not just stories, the woman said in a low tone. They're part of history. Her history. Her smile was menacing as she locked eyes with the mother. There was something dangerous about her gaze. It was almost hypnotic. The mother felt as if she were falling into a trance. Bella, go downstairs, the mother was insistent. But I don't want... Now! The girl looked up at the woman. It's okay, Danya, the woman reassured her. Do not call her that! The mother was up in her face now. Why not? It's her name. The devious smile returned. It is not her name! Her eyes blazed with fury. In one fell swoop, the mother took the girl by the arm and whisked her out into the hall. Downstairs, now, she ordered. Then she slammed the door, leaving the girl on one side, herself and the woman on the other. The mother drew in a few deep breaths. Then, 
They are not just stories. They are her heritage. The woman was resolute. You had no right. I cannot stand by and watch. No right! The mother struck the woman's face. Outside the door, the girl lay her ear next to the crack at the floor so she could listen to the conversation inside. What else have you told her? The woman said nothing. Her gaze became intense once more. We had an agreement. Do you remember? Asked the mother. Silence. We allowed you to come with us. Allowed you to work for us so you could watch her grow as your filthy servant. Don't make yourself out to sound like some saint. The woman's teeth were clenched. You would not have survived the revolution. Once they found out you had ties to this family, at least I would have died with some dignity. Look at you. You have forgotten everything. And now you're keeping it all from her. She has the right to know. She deserves to know the truth. Her father and I will decide what's best for her, the mother condescended. I carried her in my womb for nine. Carrying a child in your womb does not make you a mother. Neither does buying a child. The mother stood there, angry but unable to counter the attack. The woman was right. The mother may have been dealt a more favorable hand in life, but the woman could do something that she couldn't, and that was to bear children. There was a sea of pink, pink silk, pink flowers, pink tulle. There were pink ponies, pink gifts wrapped in pink bows. Everywhere you looked, more pink, except for the guests, and of course the servants, and even the girls' parents. No one was allowed to wear pink except for the girl. This was her party, and no one would be able to upstage her. Situated high up on the cliff, the great lawn overlooked the coast. The lush green grass lay like soft carpeting and seemed to stretch for miles. There were no trees on this side of the house. However, the lawn was lined with perfectly manicured shrubs, many of which had been sculpted into fantastic animal-like shapes. Ornately carved stone steps, bedecked with sweeping stone balusters, delicately tethered the great lawn to a splendid mansion. High in the lonely tower of the house, the woman watched like a ghost. The girl cared very little for the party. While there were a few dozen children her age in attendance, she didn't know them, and she didn't like them. They were the children of her parents' friends. This party was more for her parents than it was for her. Even at seven years old, she knew enough to know where she ranked in their world. The parents cared about money and maintaining their place in high society. This party was merely one more way to flaunt their wealth in hopes of making their friends jealous. Happy birthday, darling! Her father and mother initiated a round of applause as two servants appeared carrying a large cake. The ridiculous thing stood at least three feet tall. It's white! Shouted the girl. Not now, Bella," her mother appealed. "But I wanted a pink cake. I told you that I want a pink cake." The girl was making a scene. The guests looked at her parents, waiting for them to intervene. The mother pulled her daughter aside. "This is not the time nor the place. You have guests. They're not my guests. They're your guests. What's gotten into you?" The mother was losing her patience. 
I told you. The only thing I wanted was a pink cake. I told you, the girl cried. I know that. But we needed something to balance out all of the pink. Besides, a pink cake would have been too gauche. I hate you, the girl screamed as she bolted for the house. Bella, come back here. Darling? The mother was pleading while trying to remain in character for her guests. Just then a clap of thunder jolted from across the sea. In an instant, the dark skies opened up and a cascade of rain came sweeping across the lawn. The women were screaming as their piles of coiffed hair broke into a stringy mess. The giant birthday cake slid off the stretcher and landed into a heap on the ground. The children ran around screaming in delight. Everyone inside! We'll move the party inside! We have plenty of room inside! The mother was determined to end the affair on a high note. As the guests settled themselves into the ballroom, they sipped tea or warmed themselves by the roaring fire. The servants scrambled to find every blanket they could to keep the guests comfortable while they waited out the storm. The kitchen staff was busy making food out of the ingredients they had left over. All the while, the girl's mother was weaving through the room, mingling with the guests, trying her best to put a positive spin on the afternoon. She was all smiles, until one of the servants approached her and whispered, Ma'am, you'll want to come see this. In the far, dark corner of the room, the woman was seated in a chair with a girl sitting on her lap. The girl was eating a small slice of cake with pink frosting. What are you doing here? Doña, invite me, said the woman. You are not welcome here. Get out! She made me a pink cake, the girl said accusingly. I knew she wanted one, so I thought I might surprise her. I hope you don't mind. The mother took the plate from the girl's hands. Give that back. It's mine. I said get out and take this hideous thing with you. She shoved the plate into the woman's hands. The woman stared at it and said, Do you know nothing about the raising a child? She is not happy here with you. She told me so. You have turned her against us, the mother cried. Have I? You've poisoned her mind with those ridiculous stories. You cannot force a child to love you. You cannot force them to choose you. Get out! I believe she is ready to make her choice. Why don't we let her choose, huh? She knelt down to the girl. What do you say, Donya? Which would you choose? I said get the hell out of my house! The mother slapped the woman across the face. The room stood still. All eyes were on them now. The woman took a few breaths to keep herself from striking back. And then... Fine. I'll go. But you cannot force her to choose you forever. One day she will make her own choice. And when that day comes, you will either learn to live with the consequences, or you will die because of them. She caressed the girl's face and looked into her eyes one last time. Goodbye, my Doña. The girl had tears streaming down her cheeks. Her rosy face was trapping the waves of fury that were raging just below the surface. She didn't turn around until she reached the road. I won't look back, she had promised herself, but she knew she had to. One last look before it was all gone, forever. Before it was all nothing more than just a sad memory. From here, the house was invisible, 
It seemed impossible that such a massive estate lie waiting just beyond the rugged fortress of pine trees. Then, her nose detected something. Was that smoke? A thin stream of smoke rose gently above the thick blanket of treetops. Oh, no, no! She ran back up the road towards the house as fast as her legs could carry her. Her heartbeat raced wildly. The air was getting heavier. It was getting hotter. Much hotter. Black smoke was everywhere now, and she could smell more than just burning wood. Was that... It was... Burning flesh. Donya! Donya! She stopped dead in her tracks when she saw the little girl standing in front of her, waiting. She scooped up the girl in her arms and kissed her again and again. Donya, it's all right. I am here. Flames were bursting out of every window as the house became engulfed in the blaze. Where is everyone? The woman asked. And that's when she heard it. The wailing. The screaming. Blood-curdling screams. Hundreds of them. The resounding echoes of horror and pain. Women. Children. She could hear all of them. All of them. The girl looked up at the blaze and went back to the woman. It's all right. Everything is going to be all right now. I, I choose you, she said. Oh, Donya, what have you done? The woman looked up in horror. What have you done? The Hand That Feeds You is written and recorded by me, Tim Baker. I sincerely want to say thank you for taking the time to listen. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. I would appreciate if you could leave a rating. That's what helps the podcast appear higher in the search results. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends. There's no better way to promote a podcast than by word of mouth. New episodes will be released every week. And again, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay skeptical.